Hello and welcome to an early edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. We, me and Ethan Strauss are sitting here doing with six minutes still left in the TNT thriller Warriors Rockets. Right now it's 123.89. Houston with six minutes still left. Uh, Ethan, I know, did not witness much of this game. He's instead watching uh, David Ortiz call Mike Fires a snitch. Yes, yes, that's going on on the other TV right there. Bold. Bold move by Big Boppy. I mean, when you have some cheating allegations in your past and you come down hard against snitching, um, yeah. it's uh, it, it, You know what was funny to me? He was, he was already, and we're getting really derailed and off topic, he was already coming up with excuses for Altuve if he doesn't do well, saying that people are going to think it's the the thing he's accused of, but really it's the pressure from the fans. I thought that was, that was quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Just lashing out against fires and coming out with excuses for El Tuve for being a cheater. Baseball, baseball, more in the national news right now than in the NBA, kind of. Yeah, uh, a little post also break. Now that the NBA is ramping back up, do you need me to inform you of some of the things that went on tonight in this Warriors Rockets game? Because I will. Uh, should we? Do we want to just shatter the illusion that the listeners might have? I mean, they might think that I'm sitting there like a baseball fan with a scorecard, just going over every Warriors play. Yes, it's happening. Also true. Uh, I should let you know. Russell Westbrook just got ejected about oh. three minutes ago. Did you know that? Uh, I saw something with the refs. I saw a commotion when I looked up from my Killian Hayes highlights. I saw there was something happening. Yes, uh, Russell Westbrook just got he got a technical early in the game for arguing at the refs, and then he kind of up like thirty and and you know killing the Warriors. Although you know it was a big hard night and a big you know. P.J. Tucker made five threes earlier. Covington was awesome. But Westbrook went on a little kind of random, like, tantrum. Uh, Toscano, Anderson took the ball from him. He went over the bench. He was kind of started yelling at a bunch of players. And I think because, you know, the game was kind of out of hand, they wanted to settle things down, so they kind of just told Westbrook to head to the locker room. How do you get ejected from this game in this position? Especially on the winning side. Sometimes yeah. maybe the f- frustration from the losing side. Um, it wasn't a crazy ejection. I, again, I think part of it was the refs just being like, if we keep him in the game, it might cause more trouble. It was like kind of one of those. I saw Alan Smilagish repeatedly trying to post up P.J. Tucker, and eventually, I mean, he got an and one out of it, but I remember seeing that and thinking, um, this is what the season has come to. <laughs> Alan Smilagish... Fell to the floor at least four times in his first two minutes of action today. Um, he, he, I, look, you've written about his potential, and like, there's some like offensive gifts for sure, and some energy gifts, and some athleticism. Killing but, it, killing it in the G League. But he just, he to me still looks. M- and like I can't even imagine him cracking the rotation next year. Beyond if we think eventually he will be a good rotation player, I just don't see it. He's so like new to the game of basketball, it seems. Yeah, I, I think Kerr, uh, he, he doesn't love youth necessarily, although he'll be compelled to use a lot of it. Um, and he hates turnovers. Um, and, I, I mean, look, there's a learning curve there when it comes to old Smiley. The, the thing that makes you more positively minded from a Warriors fan perspective on him, though, is that the G League numbers are great. Um, I think... So are Dragon Benders. Well, it's, I'm just saying it's not a Jacob Evans situation. Well, you, can, where, you can hype both of them. You're right. You are correct. <laughs> Jacob like, Evans back in the I mean, G League now. I mean, here, here's how I describe it. The G League stats being good are not any assurance that you are going to be good in the NBA. But the G League stats being bad 
are an assurance that you're going to be bad in the NBA. You didn't like Jacob Evans until seven points, four rebounds, three assists, and 18 minutes off the bench for the Santa Cruz Warriors? I like how your voice is going Raymond Ritter as you make the defense of Jacob Evans, who I, I don't think Raymond would even have to uh, continue to flog that cause anymore. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying if you're, if you're worried about the worst-case scenario, the worst-case scenario would be bad numbers. At least you have good numbers at the lower level. You are correct. Um, so what, I mean, as far as the game goes, Harden just shot a bunch of free throws. When they upset the Rockets on Christmas Day, he shot zero. Uh, tonight, at some point in the third, he was 14 of 15 uh, from the line. Um, the Rockets at one point had made 14 threes when the Warriors made like zero. So that's why they got blown out. We don't need to uh, get into details about the game. But I would say, look, this is the fourth Andrew Wiggins game. And this was the fourth time he's looked pretty good. I mean, he had, I think... I don't know what he's going to end up finishing at. I I don't think he's in in this blowout right now, but he was at about 25 or so. Um, He had a couple blocks. I don't know. He looked pretty good. It's funny because a lot of the thinking is, uh, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, he wasn't great in Minnesota, but when we surround him with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green um, and just all that talent. Oh, man. Oh, boy. You're going to see it. Apparently... You actually just have to surround him with far worse players, and this is this is the result. You get a, a flourishing Andrew Wiggins. Who knew? What have you? I mean, beyond that, yes, he has stepped into like not just like a lower level talent base, but like they blasted up the roster completely, which was already a bad roster uh, NBA wise. Uh, it, it turned into like ten day guys, and you yeah, know, guys it, just it, it, coming off from the G League. It's it's gone from lower tier to one of those major league type movies where they're getting Willie Mays Hayes off the street and whatever the basketball version of Charlie Sheen in there. Um, They are really going with the absolute dregs of the dregs of the dregs. Yeah. Um, But what have you actually thought about Wiggins? Because look, he's had a four block night, which was a career high. He had a five steal night, which was the first time in like two years. Uh, He's run the floor much better than he did in Minnesota. He's he's guarded LeBron, AD, Devin Booker. They had him on hard tonight. Wasn't great on Harden. That was more of a team effort, but I mean, he's been, uh, he he has had to have impressed you in four games. Yeah, it's so strange to me that because uh, John out there in in Minnesota, John Kaczynski, um, said that that was the big difference was that he was running the floor. Well, I mean, he was coached by Thibodeau. I mean, why, what, what, Kerr said, hey, maybe you should run the floor. Nobody made that suggestion before. It's very confusing to me that this would be novel. I think a lot of Minnesota's style of play was, you know, their town's post-ups when it was the Jimmy Butler days. Oftentimes it was, hey, stand in the corner, like Jimmy Butler's going to control things. It was more of a, um, you know, stationary type offense. Wiggins, you're either, if you're controlling the possession, then you're controlling the possession. If you're not, you're in the corner. And that from the people I've talked to seemed to get his mind in like a just a more of a like station to station type mindset where he's not trying to free flowing and cutting and running the floor and and this system that you know Kerr's trying to like uh maximize him within is at least I think just telling him to just like constantly run more than Minnesota's style of play was and that was just Minnesota's style. Well here's what I'll say about that. Um He's thought of as the worst contract in the league or around the worst contract in the league. I don't think that's true, number one. I'd rather have him than John Wall's contract, yeah. personally. Yes. Um, but it shifts 
so quickly and there's such a small margin in the NBA between the worst contract and an asset positive contract and it would not perhaps take a whole lot for that to happen just because wings are the most valued position by far in the NBA so if Andrew Wiggins because of the new warrior system and look this is an if right here right but with the new new warrior system suddenly is playing good defense true shooting percentage I don't know 57 percent then suddenly that contract is fine that contract is what it is and that's a valuable contributor um, it's amazing. I mean, Chris Paul was thought of as the worst contract in the NBA. And look at the season that he's had. It's a very, very thin margin. And you do wonder if the Warriors, when you add the spacing to the different system and they're moving the ball, um, if they can turn things around. I don't. I can't predict it, but it, it's not. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. Okay, I got a question. If Andrew Wiggins happened to be a free agent this summer, um, what would he get? Would he be a? You know, I don't think he would get the max, his max, but he'd probably get. 15 to 18 million per year on the market, right? I think somebody would take a chance. I think right now it's easy for people to say, oh, he's terrible, he stinks, I wouldn't want him. But look, you've got the number one pick cachet, you've got the premier position. Averages 20 a game. I mean, however he does it, he averages. I mean, I know it's not efficient, or it wasn't. And if you're just basing it off these few Warriors games, I mean, look, these things shift very quickly, right? Uh, if the Warriors had traded D'Angelo Russell, it would have been weird. Right after that 50-whatever-point uh, performance in Minnesota, uh, they probably could have gotten... They pro- if they wanted to do that right there the next day, maybe they get that extra first-round pick that well, fans you, thought they could get. Uh, you remember what also happened that night? The Wolves won. Do you know why the Wolves won? Um, because one Andrew Wiggins, I believe, had 44 and will outshine D'Angelo Russell in overtime. Maybe that would have made it harder for them Maybe to get Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Well, of course, you couldn't. They weren't at the deadline, so they couldn't. This is a purely hypothetical. You know, this is the craziest hypothetical. hypothetical. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> By the way, Jordan Poole uh, hit a three, and Toscano Anderson just had a nice dunk with the ball boy on the floor, and the Warriors have cut it to 20. What is it? I can't even do the math there. 28. Wow. Uh oh. Houston just got free throws. Might be hard to close that gap. You wanted to come on and talk some prospects. Uh, yeah, we know you want to talk about Killian Hayes, so I'll, I'll seed the floor. I mean, the Warriors, so the, this is a good night lottery odds-wise for the Warriors. They're losing. Uh, Atlanta most, won. Most nights are good nights, lottery, uh, lottery, lottery odds-wise. But wise they need wise. help. El- well, they don't necessarily need help elsewhere, but they're yeah. getting help elsewhere. Atlanta won their 16th game, right? They beat Miami, so yeah. that's yeah. something. Um, what? I mean, this is what it's going to come down to uh, in the next couple of months of, of what matters most to the Warriors is going to be that draft pick. Um, so here's the take on the draft right now. I know everybody's killing the draft, saying it's bad, saying it's weak. Now, look, there is a dearth of wings, um, and that is the most valuable position. That is a knock on it. But I do wonder if people are conflating European draft with bad draft. Just because we don't have guys in the college system that we are seeing all the time on cable TV, we're now assuming that these guys in this draft aren't any good. I think it's just more mysterious than that, that um, you've got the aforementioned Killian Hayes. I know that there's been some buzz around Theo Maladon, also French. 
not as big a fan or not as big a believer in the potential perhaps uh you've got i don't even want to say his last name i struggle with it all the time uh denny avida avi avija denny avija sounds like you got it man oh i don't even know denny denny from israel that's what that's what i go with right there good old denny from israel he's gotten a lot of buzz as a potential top five pick um i mean i've watched all of these guys play and it's really hard to know how it all translates, how good they're going to be in the NBA. But that's why I would pump the brakes on the idea of it as a bad draft, just because it's it's hard to know. Well, even bad drafts are going to have three probable, at least like three probable all-stars in the lottery, right? I remember, what was the draft that was really bad? Was it 12, 2012? Uh, I was covering the Thunder at I mean, the time, and it was considered a bad draft, and it turned out to not be a great draft. The Thunder were at 12, and they got Steven Adams. I mean, and like, you it, know what I mean? If you get... A, a future, you know, yeah. 35 minute per game, solid, sturdy starter. That's good. And the Warriors just, they need to get a good player. Well, and there, there will be good players in the lottery. Even if there's only four or five of them, you just need to get one of them. I mean, 2012 changed the Warriors franchise. Um, now, a little unpredictable, right? Maybe it wasn't so valuable to have such a high pick for them. They got Harrison Barnes, and they got Festus Azili, and then they got Draymond. Um, but that is instructive that sometimes what's thought to be a weak draft, you know, another one that was thought to be a weak draft was actually 2009. And if you don't believe me, you can go back and read a lot of the archives. Is that and the, the Blake Griffin one? Blake Griffin, Steph Curry. Well, I should do it in order. Blake Griffin, James Harden, Steph Curry. Later on, Drew Holiday, I believe. Uh, Ty Lawson, who had his moment and then kind of didn't have his moment and there were probably another uh, another few guys who were in that one um but that's a damn good draft and that was thought to be a bad one yeah that Stephen adams draft i mentioned had Giannis at like 13 or 14 right after adams um so that's the thing like that there are going to be good players it's better to get a higher pick because you just got your you know obviously you have the chance to pick them but they just they need to spot it, and you are the spotter. Well, you, you, you're the guy just, that, that... I'm going to just pull up a mock draft. I want to do a, a, a take rapid fire. Um, you know, Maybe it'll take me a while to pull up, because I want to do our guys. Like I want to do Sam Vecini, but um, I also right now am not logged in, so I'm just talking and talking and talking and talking. I will pull it up on my computer, but I want you to give your first take, because the guy that is the most mysterious to me, because he has played whatever, he played like 30 NCAA minutes, and then was bowed out of the uh, sport yeah. um, because of strange NCAA rules uh, is Wiseman. And he is um, the guy positionally that probably fits the Warriors best. You know, they seem to probably be weakest at the center spot, especially with the unknown of Kavon Looney's health. Marquise Chris, sure, he's been intriguing, but still he's on a minimum, you know, non-guaranteed deal next year. Like a pogo stick, rim-protecting, five lobs per game, James Wiseman, immediately plugged in the lineup to me he seems like the guy that could probably help them most next year now i know centers long term that's it's kind of uh you know the league's aging away from him but if i told you wiseman could be the guy that helped the most in this little title window that they believe they have in the next two years would you disagree yeah i might um i'm not sure if you want to take a draft uh if you want to draft a center or top five um now look it's a big unknown with him because uh because of what you said that he played 30 what was it 30 NCAA minutes um I am a little bit wary of how his AAU stats um do not compare favorably to let's say Marvin Bagley uh Bagley was a far better high school player than James Wiseman was now the counter argument to that is that 
a lot of scouts are saying that Wiseman developed his game between high school and the aborted uh, NCAA season. Um, he's also put on a lot of muscle in his time off, and he just looks more he just looks more grown. He just looks more like a physically imposing player. So I'm just going to say with Wiseman that he's a guy of the Warriors draft him. I think if you're a Warriors fan, you're you're pretty excited. He's athletic. That vertical spacing could really help the offense. But there are some caveats. There are some caveats with him. Sam Vecini has Wiseman going to the Warriors at two. Uh, on his latest mock draft, he has at one the Hawks, which I don't know why he has the Hawks at one. Uh, they now have 16 wins, and the Warriors have 12. Again, lot- flattened lottery odds. Who knows who will be at yeah, one, well, two. I, th- I think this might have come out a little, little while ago. But um, Anthony Edwards is at number one. Uh, Edwards, I don't know, man. I, I, Edwards was more intriguing to me at the beginning of the NCAA season. He is not scoring efficiently. That's something that I, I want just off the bat. I just want scoring efficiency. I worry if a guy is not scoring efficiently at the college level, uh, even if he's a freshman, uh, it casts some doubt on whether he will be able to do it at the next level. And also just Edwards, he makes a lot of decisions that don't make a lot of sense to me. And this is so subjective, but when he went, when he went up against Kentucky, uh, it was so odd to me that when his team was up six at the half, he was jumping around and raising his arms up like they had just won the uh, – championship and it was just confusing Jay Billis was going what's going on here so I mean my general impression is talented uh physically imposing at 6'5 he's built like a 25 year old uh he's got a nice uh off the dribble three-point game but not scoring efficiently questionable decision making well if you um if you're a fan of efficiency, you're going to love this next pick, <laughs> who I already know you're out on. You've already put it on the website, LaMelo Ball at three. Of the Illawarra Hawks? Not anymore. Um, yeah, so LaMelo, um, A-plus handle, A-plus passing, incredible creativity, uh, but another guy where if he's not scoring efficiently at a lower level, do you expect him to magically start scoring efficiently at the next level? I know people say that it's shot selection, shot selection, shot selection. He's not great at finishing at the rim, um, not unlike his brother. And that is a concern. You want a guy, if he's not going to be a great three-point shooter, you at least want him to score efficiently at the rim. And, yeah, people really emphasize passing when it comes to point guards and I just sometimes wonder if that's the old way of thinking it's good to have passing you want that you want this uh, distribution but an offense with a point guard who can't shoot is often a bad offense so I just think there there are a lot of question marks it's not the character stuff that people wonder about because of the ball family I think he's a pretty good kid and all that it's just the efficiency all right, quick hitters, because i got to get to postgame now that the game's over. Uh, do you think this player, I'm, I'm going to go quicker down the list, will become a good NBA starter? No, I can't. You, star- can't, you, can't you can't hold me to that. I can give you the scouting report, but come on. There, there's no way to It's so hard to know. That. I'm sure down the line, 10 years from now, you're going to be judged on this like random post-Rockets game it's podcast. It's going to be when they become a success. It's going to be uh, the Fine, you give me, a qu- give me quick thoughts, quick then Cole hits. Anthony. Uh, the shot release to me can get blocked, and uh, I know you're kind of da- out on Anthony, so that that concerns me. He just doesn't seem to be like the, an elite type athlete. Yeah. I don't know. He also got hurt. I, I mean, it's not great. Again, some of these other guys who got hurt, but didn't he, he had like a torn meniscus or what yeah, was that? Yeah, yeah, that's not great to have at that age. Uh, Jaden McDaniels. I weirdly just like watching him play, and he's a big wing, but skinny, and again, not scoring efficiently. Bit of a concern. 
I want you to say his next name for me. Uh, Denny Avisha? <laughs> Denny Avisha? <laughs> but I can't pronounce his name. Who's going to really trust me when it comes to how well he can play? You already gave your thoughts on him. Tyrese Halliburton, who you like from what I hear. I like Halliburton, but maybe as a later pick, just because he is just brilliant defensively. He had instincts that reminded me of Draymond, but he can't, at this point in his career, run a pick and roll. He seems almost like a supplementary player as opposed you, to a guy You can't sell a defensive specialist at, like, number two or number three. I think that's hard. I think that's hard to sell. Tyrese Maxey? Um, fun to watch. Uh, Three-point form looks good. Uh, I, I need to see a little bit more of him. He's a little undersized for what I might want if I'm the Warriors and I'm drafting him that high. R.J. Hampton? Man, I wouldn't take R.J. Hampton that high. I, look, he's a gamer. He's a competitor. Uh, he really plays good defense. He's super fast. Um, but, you know, a little bit unrefined on the skills. So, uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. There are a lot of question marks in this draft. A lot this, of question marks. This is a guy whose name I feel like I'm hearing increasingly more. It's like yeah. more of an outsider in this uh, you know, draft world. Obi Toppin, 21, which you don't, ra- you know, you rarely see us in the lottery that old. Yeah. Um, Dayton. You know, I'm going to take a rain check on Obi Toppin just because I need to watch more games of his. Um, I think I thought, I, I just thought, this guy's not going to keep rising, but he keeps rising, so he's somebody I definitely have to check out. Nico Mannion. Nico is a guy I really liked coming out of high school, and I don't know if he's been scouted or what, but um, it seems as he's though. had a disappointing freshman year, would you say? A little bit. Um, and I don't know if he's recorded a block yet, but it, it's a negative. Oh, it's in- good. It, I don't know if he has. Like last I checked, he hadn't, and that's a negative indicator athleticism wise. That worries me. Um, Isaac Okoro, that you're just scrolling past, is somebody that NBA draft Twitter loves. But whenever I watch him, he's he's a wing and he's good at defense. Kind of a three and D uh, three and D idea with him, but he's not really shooting the three well, and he's just never really popped for me when I watch. So. Uh, but you're just you know scrolling past my man, my man so, Killian so Hayes. So Killian Hayes is at 15, and this is the last question because I got to get out of here. Uh, is that who you at this point? And again, we are sitting here on February 20th. So much more needs to happen in this draft realm, including obviously you know pre-draft workouts, the tournament, like these bigger games on the stretch, just more buzz around the league before the draft. So we don't. I'm not holding you to this, but at this moment, let's say the Warriors have the fourth pick. Yeah. Who do you think would be best for them there? If- Killian Hayes. Okay. I, I look. Caveat, caveat, caveat. But I love the skill. I love the passing. I like the shot. I like the step backs. I think that a guard who's six foot five, who can potentially in a lot of lineups, uh, you know, guard an off guard, or even maybe guard a small forward, has way more upside uh, than than a big man. So. Mock me, I suppose, because it might not work out. He finishes with his left hand on the right side of the basket, which definitely concerns me, but that can be worked on. Uh, but he's my favorite guy of the guys I've watched, and that's so my that's just my take. He's got mock right there at 15. Most of the mocks you see, he's like in that maybe like teen range. Um, if he's still sitting there in that like teen range and the Warriors have the number one overall pick, would you still say, whatever, forget the uh, ridicule you might have? take that guy at one i mean it's not draft day with kevin costner i mean you don't you don't just incur ridicule uh 
to make the story better. Um, no, you probably trade down if you can. Try to get Ooh, some value. Trade down. All right. All right. Well, that's interesting. Well, if, if that's your guy, I don't have any indication, by the way, that the Warriors are just completely all in on Killian Hayes. Like I might be. You know, I think that they have. There, there are other apples of their eye. You know, so. Well, that's our Rockets Warriors post game <laughs> podcast. Uh, I will talk to you. They play the Pelicans on Sunday.